the tea health show your medical lifestyle podcast brought to you by the tea clinic good morning i'm dr mark this is the tea health show in studio as always sister elise and our producer simpiwe and then um we have with us today again nikki robertson a functional nutritionist. Nikki, it's great to have you with us again. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, in our last conversation, which was somewhere last month, if I'm not mistaken, or even earlier this month, I can't remember, um, we started on um, a series with obesity and weight loss. And in today's show, we're actually going to take a look at what we can do, and specifically... Uh, more towards the prescription medication side. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I actually think we should just give a recap. The last conversation we had... Can I I go first? Do you want to do (laughs) that? I'm speechless. uh, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. I just have one line. (laughs) Diets don't work. (laughs) Ah, well, it's that. So... Simply in last. I'm it today. <laughs> you know what? Do you not see what I have to put up with every single day? Everyone gangs up again. I know, hey. Um, okay, so you are right. Last time we spoke, we said, "Why is diets failing?" Hmm. Nikki, do you just quickly want to give us a recap? Sure. So diets. Like when we say diets, diets, I'm talking about highly restrictive, low calorie. Terribly boring, um, mentally fatiguing ways of of eating. So diets typically neglect everything that we hold dear when it comes to food. They make us eat boring stuff. They don't. It's, it's not inclusive. I mean, eating is cultural. It is emotionally driven. Um, we're supposed to be nurturing our body with food, not depriving ourselves. And the mm. first thing anyone thinks of when they know they're going on a diet is how much chocolate cake can I go and stuff down my face before Monday because Monday the diet starts. So there's a huge psychological crippling effect when it comes to the thought of severely restricting our intake. And this comes down to the survival mechanisms in the brain. You know, we, we're just not geared to starve ourselves. It just goes against everything human nature is geared towards, which is survival. And, you know, most people who have tried any kind of fat diet, any extreme diet, know that, yes, it works. Diets always work in the short term, but if you can't sustain them, they don't work in the long term. And what happens is there's what we call the rebound effect, which means the weight comes back with interest. And every time you try and force weight or fat off your body, um, your body becomes more resistant to losing fat the next time. And this is typically why it becomes harder to lose weight as you age, because as you age, you've tried all sorts of diets. So as you go along, uh, it just becomes harder and harder. And our metabolism is really clever. Our brains are really clever because they know that in order to survive, we need fat. And we're living in a very stressed environment. So therefore, there's a lot of danger. There's perception of threat and when there's a perception of threat in the environment it means that there might not be food tomorrow so we can't negotiate Mm. with the reptilian part of our brain that's just trying to keep us alive Mm. that's the problem with dieting i i i think one of the things um we have definitely learned over the past couple of years is that uh, weight management diet specifically is not willpower, mm. but actually biology. Yes, you need a little bit of willpower. Sure. You need Initially. the want mm. um, and the intent. Mm. And that takes, you know what, willpower. And I think this is what's often lacking, mm-hmm. um, where diets become overwhelming yeah. because it's de- it's depriving you yeah. of not only energy from a physical and nutritional perspective, but from an emotional perspective. Exactly. Um, and here I'm thinking specifically about the fad diets. Simpiwe and Sister Elise, can you think of some of these 12-week diet programs that jump to mind? Oof. The first the thing... 21-day one, I remember. <laughs> what, what was well, the... 28-day. 28 28-day, tw- yeah. What was that? Then you eat a whole bowl of mushrooms oh and then you eat a whole bottle of peanut butter. 
and stuff like that. I never followed it, but I know people that it was yeah, a Yeah, there's a like rave. juicing and stuff. But yeah. I think the one that's like in trend now is intermittent fasting. That's what everyone talks about. Yeah, you know, you know what? Intermittent fasting. Uh, it's a methodology, not a diet. Yeah. And it's also misunderstood. Yeah. yeah, but like a lot of people are like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm like, you the know, ones, on this new thing. The ones I haven't fat, eaten for 12 hours. Uh, not good. <laughs> the, the ones that do jump out to me, do you remember the old Dr. Cohen diet? Oh, yes. And Torture. do you know the one that <clears throat> we see so often in our, in our practice? And it's been modified and it's been given different names. Now, Slender Wonder. Do you oh. remember that Slender Wonder diet? <laughs> yeah. Which was absolutely starvation. It is. Um, 600 calories a day or something. So and did you I, not I, say I the last time I do 600 calories for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally, I do 600 calories for breakfast. Yeah. After my So no more eating for you, Dr. Mark. Do, do I need... <laughs> do no. you think I need Slender Wonder? No. So... Um, okay, let's let's start. When we want to embark on this journey, weight loss journey, where do we where do we actually start? Mm. I, I, can I just interject here? I think we need to explain the concept of your basal metabolism mm-hmm. and what energy you will need for that, as well as energy, extra energy for weight loss. Mm. But you have to keep in take into account your basal metabolism Mm. and basal metabolism is very hard to measure actually you know we've got fancy machines that presume to measure how much we expend expend at rest you know how many your base how how much sort of base calorie you need in a day but they are very variable so it really depends on that person's muscle mass their gender the activity levels how sedentary they are so there's a there's a range so we assume that women need around at least 1,500 calories a day and men need... This is to stay half, alive. To stay alive, not to thrive. This is to stay alive. This is... Okay. So if this you, is an assumption. If you keep on taking in less, you will eventually starve to death. Yeah, you'll have that rebound effect. You'll starve, your bones will become frail, you'll lose muscle, your mind will cease to cease function. Cease to function, yeah. And you will head to the nearest... Tashes for the biggest piece of red velvet cake just to survive, just to like pull up your energy. So basically, Nikki, can we can we put an example? This is taking people and putting them on Survivor Island. Yes. If you know, eventually they will starve. Mm-hmm. Yes, they catch a little bit of insects and get some plants, but we've all seen how rapidly those people. Deteriorate. Um, So if you stay on that for 12 weeks, for instance, uh, Mm -mm. you know what? You will physically be frail, ill. Your gut will shut down. Your brain will shut down. You will lose all your hair. You'll develop anxiety. You'll become Um, depressed. You'll become anemic. You will develop infections. Yes. So starvation diets uh, (laughs) is anything less than your requirements uh, to keep normal functioning going right. for a prolonged period of time right. is killing you. But exactly. Is, is size taken in consideration when you work out your base metabolism needs this? I don't think it is really. I don't think it's okay. individual enough. And this is the problem I have with calories anyway, is because if you say to somebody you need 2,000 calories a day, they go, fantastic, I can have a packet of chips, I can have chocolate, mm. I can have a Coke, there's my 2,000 calories, I'm happy. But we're not feeding that body. We're not mm. feeding the metabolism or the brain. We are, you know, calories do count to an extent, but where the calories come from is more important. Yeah. And, you know, early on when I started consulting, I threw out that whole calorie, after test driving it on myself religiously and counting every calorie I put in my mouth. And just to, before we go further, most of the calorie readings on a label are incorrect. There's a 30% error margin. So we don't really know what we are taking in or not mm. taking in. So and that's a very inexact science. And these uh, calorie apps... Also, it's there. It's it's you know it depends on what database they are based. So if this calorie or the calorie counting app is based on a, an American food list with food um, calculation tables, it's going to be very different to South African food system. Yeah, because our foods <coughs> different, different, different. So it's and ha- I, I actually think people cheat themselves because they think oh, yeah. of one portion. And it might actually be one big American portion. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So instead of, you know what, one small 
uh, type portion. But also, if you look at like, if you, let's just say we're looking at 100 calories. If you're getting that 100 calories from a tin of tuna, your body is going to build muscle, become more thermogenic and burn fat. If you're getting that 100 calories from a bar of chocolate, you're going to increase your insulin levels and you're going to store fat. Both 100 calories, both react with your metabolism completely differently. Yeah. One switches on fat storage, one switches off fat storage, both so, 100 calories. So, you know what, we're going to get into that uh, in a little bit more detail when we look at the medication. So, Elise, on that, anything else that you want to ask? No, I'm just interested because... Um, I can just say we have a scale in the office. At, I don't know if I'm, I mm. can mention uh, we look the name. At, yes, we look at no. the in-body scale. The in-body scale. It's the only one really um, known in South Africa. Yeah, so sure. people are familiar yeah, with so the in-body scale. I was scale. interested to see how it differs from person to person that I weighed, yeah. the base, cell, uh, base uh, metabolism. And the more smaller, slender yes. people, their base is, um, metabolism is less calories. And then yes. your bigger people is like nearly yeah. 2,000. Yeah. So base. it's an algorithm based on gender, height, and weight. Yeah. And it's so cause an assumption. It, it was interesting on that, that one. Um, I, on, on the in body scan, the day that we weighed, I weighed 87 kilograms. Um, I had. 40 kilograms of muscle mass, which is okay. It's actually quite good. Very good. Um, and only 20 kilograms of fat, mm-hmm. which is a little bit excessive mm-hmm. according to that scale. Okay. But you would never say that when you look at me. No, and, certainly not. Um, no, you like, look like you're 50% fat. <laughs> <laughs> Just in certain areas. <laughs> and it's not my tummy. It's lower. So there. There you go. <laughs> It's a sexual abuse. Pick on Mark Day. So, and my base (laughs) metabolic rate um, calorie thingy was 2,200, which is about average for someone of my size, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. Now, if you want to put on muscle and burn fat, you're going to have to up your calories, but they're going to have to come from protein. You know what? This is the thing because as a diabetic, Uh, I'm on some of the medications that we're going to. Discuss, and I couldn't eat enough, and I was starting to lose muscle. muscle. That's right. That's we, uh, you know what? It was measurable, not only visible, measurable. Mm. Okay. Sims, anything before we. Mm-mm. I want to hear about the meds. <laughs> okay. Everyone so wants to hear about meds. The meds, we're going to come to now. Mm. But for us to do a weight loss journey and to manage weight we need to understand that weight is a chronic disease sure okay and it's multifactorial mm. and therefore it should be treated as a multifactorial medical approach yes um we actually i think you start with a psychology mm. around weight very much Very much. So I see a a wide range of people who come to me with all levels of desperation wanting to lose weight. And, you know, there's very often women who will do anything to just knock off the kilos. They want a starvation plan. They want all the meds they can get their hands on. I can't work with, with, with that mindset. We need to, you know, the people that I see that come in and lose between 10 and 20 kilograms of fat over a period of time, so between three and six months, are people who've tried everything. This is their last resort. They come in and they say, I've had enough. I can't do this to myself anymore. I'm ready to do it properly. And you have to reach that place in your mind where you're not feeling panicked, desperate, freaking out, you'll do anything. Um, You have to reach that place where you go, I'm doing this for my long-term health. It's more important for me to be healthy. Um, I don't care how long it takes to come off, as long as it keeps coming off in the right direction. And it's, it's very difficult. It, it takes a lot of doing it the wrong way to do it the right way for most people. Yeah. It's interesting. I have a photo of my sister-in-law. It's one of the best and nicest people I've ever encountered in my life. And over the years, she gained weight and gained weight and gained weight. Um, and she, you know what, decided one day, enough. Mm. And she started on an eating program. Mm-hmm. And the weirdest thing, 
She never had hypertension. She never had high insulin. Mm-hmm. She never had high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm. Um, through all of us. And on the eating plan, starting to do some physical exercise in 10 months, mm-hmm. she lost 43 kilograms. Wow. This is without medication. And what I want to illustrate with this is, number one, it's possible if your mind sets correct. It is so possible. She never went on a starvation diet. Yeah. So she ate correctly, mm-hmm. but never felt deprived. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, she worked with a very good nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Guys Get the Thrive book. It's available on Amazon and Take a Lot. It's Nikki's book. Take a look at it. It's brilliant. Um, and then, you know what, it was just slow, two, two and a half, three kilograms per month, which Perfect. is sustainable. Perfect. Rapid weight loss is never sustainable because you do not lose fat, you lose muscle and bone. Mm-hmm. And yes, you see, you see the numbers lowering on the scale. Sure. But the body composition is changing in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Mindset. Mm. People with body dysmorphia. Very this is not difficult. only your bulimics and your anorexics, but also people who have a normal yes, morphology mm-hmm. that think, oh, my God, I'm fat. And, and at least we see it in the practice yeah. quite often. Yeah. Um, and then we have the patients who are depressed, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because of middle age spread that just continued because of bad lifestyle, mm-hmm. and now it's okay. I'm desperate. Mm-hmm. How do we approach those people? That is so hard to get right. So we program ourselves with this ideal of what a body should look like from very young, and our, our programs of what we should look like is hugely distorted. By, by what we see on television, by what we see in magazines. We compare ourselves to the next person. There are so many different you know, ways of being healthy and looking good. It's all in the eyes of the beholder. And very often, whether it's a man or a woman who comes into the practice wanting to look a certain way, it's almost always driven by some kind of social slant. So it's the wife or the husband or the boyfriend or somebody wanting them to be – they want to look a certain way for someone else. Did, it's a big problem. Did you guys look um, at the Miss Universe pageant? No, I tend not to. No. <laughs> so please go and take a look okay. at the final 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had all these exquisite, long-legged beauties. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Miss Nepal, hmm. who was strutting around full of confidence Mm -hmm. in her one-piece costume, slight cellulite. Mm -hmm. She must weigh at least 80, Mm -hmm. 85 kilograms. One of the most beautiful, radiant people that made it to the final 12 of Miss Universe because she had confidence and she accepted her body. And... You know what? I I have to take my hat off to the people that actually um, made it happen for her Mm. because her journey could not have been easy. But you know what? Um, You can be lovely and comfortable carrying Mm. a little bit of weight but just have confidence in yourself. As long as you're healthy. And, you know, there's this whole thing with the body positivity and you're not allowed to say anything about anyone who's put on weight. But honestly, I think it's a load of nonsense. I really think if you, you should love yourself, no matter your size, but love yourself enough to be healthy, to make sure you're not obese, but you're healthy. Even if you're not a toothpick, no one, want, I no one wants. I don't like. Think, I don't think toothpicks are attractive Mm-mm. at all. Um, I think that's not a good representation of the female form. And it's just my opinion. No, they squeak in bed. <laughs> How I would mean, you know? <laughs> I've heard <laughs> gossip. <laughs> yes. Ponies. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, so it's it's about loving yourself enough to look after yourself, no matter what. I mean, I don't like to say no matter what your size, because obesity is obesity, and that's never healthy. It's never justifiable. Um, 
actually, you know, if you look at the clinical definition of obesity, it's an um, unhealthy or um, um, disappropriate uh, collection of adipose tissue, mm. which impacts health. Yes. So, yes. you know, what you right. can be a little bit overweight, but healthy. So um, mm. I'm going to say Simpiwa is slightly overweight, mm. um, but she's got normal blood pressure, normal blood glucose. She's fit. She's mm. training. Uh, same as Cecilie. Cecilie, mm. you agree. don't have blood pressure problems. You don't have glucose. diabetes. No, you nothing. don't have hypertension. Uh, your kidneys are working well. And you're carrying what? Maybe for your age, 10 kilograms weight no, more? Let's go 15. No, I wouldn't <laughs> that That's woman for you. <laughs> no. I, I, you know what? Remember, how tall are you? You're one, almost 1'8". One 177, seven, yeah. yeah. So. Okay, but I understand all of that. My issue is psychologically. Mm. You say they come in and you know, they want to go on this diet and they've tried everything. But I'm just taking myself. I, I recently lost this mass of kilograms, about yeah, 28 yeah. kgs. Wow, okay. And so it was. been working with me. <laughs> it, it's less stress. Mm. It sounds. Stress plays a huge role. Yeah. Mm. Healthier lifestyle because I never had time for. I traveled a lot and mm. never had. And weekends slept because I'm so tired. On travel in the week, I ate everything that comes in sure. front of me at night because that's the only time I had time to eat. Mm. You know, all of that. But psychologically, mm. even previously when I lost weight, I never saw myself thin in the mirror. Ah, it happens, hey? It's almost like that phantom limb syndrome. So yes. if you've been a certain weight all your si all your life, yeah. and now you lose a whole lot of weight, you still see yourself as the way you were before. Exactly. And it can How take two or three years. That? Okay, so when I initially test drove this program years and years ago, it was 2003, I lost Oh, it was 15 kilos of fat in 12 weeks. And this was without meds. This was just eating a lot of food and exercising. I went from a size... Stop. Yes. Say that again. Just eating a lot of food. A lot of food. My mom used to sit and look at me. She thought I was bulimic because I'd sit at the dinner table. I had a bowl of food in front of me, a whole slab of salmon like a, a, or tuna. And I'd eat and I'd eat this six times a day. I wouldn't, I would, nothing would come in, come in the way of my food. It was all super healthy, real clean food. There was no processed food. And I just, I lost weight so fast. My dad said to her one day, send her for an HIV test. <laughs> <laughs> I did, eh? I was like, for goodness sakes, I'm doing it healthy for the first time in my life. And he thinks I've got AIDS because I'm losing weight so fast. But I trained every day. Not a lot. It wasn't extreme. It was in total three hours a week of training, but it was split up over mm -hmm. six days. So it was high intensity, short duration. But it was healthy and the body responded. But I went from a size 14 to a size 6. Okay, it's an extreme change because – and I put on about 5, 6 kilos of muscle mass. So the muscle doesn't take up space. It, it shrinks you. Mm. Yes. And in my mind, I looked in the mirror and I could still see a size 14. Mm. I had to actually look at the label in my pants from Wars to see that they still set a size 6 because my brain would not believe it. Yeah. It took me two years before I actually recalibrated my size down. So there is a we, – we neglect to really think about that mental component. But what I wanted to ask you is you said since you've been working with Mark, you've lost weight. Would you say that you're now working in an environment that really prioritizes your well-being? Absolutely. That, so the environment that you're in supports your healthy yeah. weight journey. And many people don't have that. And it helped me to look after my well-being out of work as well. Exactly, because you're now with a group of people or within an environment that's supporting that. And yeah. so many people with this mental block to health, not just weight loss, but getting themselves healthy, live with people who, who go to the pub mm. you know, after work every night. You, know, you, you drink a lot, you eat a lot of rubbish. There's always chocolates all over the house. They can't make those changes because the people around them are going, well, we don't want to change. Mm. And it's very, very hard to break that cycle. Yeah. So... Mm. You know what, Nikki, on, on that, you know what, people say, you know what, I'm traveling a lot. Um, you know what, I have a, a, a great group of friends and we go out a lot uh, and therefore I can't eat healthy. And the moment they hmm. tell me that, I tell them bullshit. Exactly. Um, the I, can, I walk into Spur, uh, Wimpy yeah. or a fancy restaurant and, 
you know what, I look at the options. Okay, spur, wimpy, you know what, burgers, yeah. steak, chips, blah, blah, blah. What am I going to eat? So I love a burger. Mm. And all I tell them is I will have everything of my burger. Leave the roll. But please don't bring me a roll. Mm. So bring the roll. I'm going to take it off. I'm mm. not going to eat it. And instead of a, a chips, can I please have a green salad? Mm. And it's delicious. Mm. So, yes, my friends go out and we go and have a couple of drinks and they drink beer. And you know what? I would sip on a tequila mm. um, or I would have a, a, a whiskey and, and mm. water. And at the end of the evening, I've had a great time, never feeling this mm. as if I had to deprave myself. No, you don't have so to. So, I, mm. when you travel for work, you but know what? Mark, that's a journey to get there. Yeah, you're right. It's not it something is. that comes overnight. But it, it's possible. It is possible, so but possible. if you are in that rut mm. Mm. and of all, comfort eating, no, basically. of surviving. That's what I want to say. You don't think about these things. Yeah. And if you don't have somebody that can coach you through it, yes, then you won't get there. I, Elise, I think that's an incredibly important yeah. thing to say because if you're the only one in a, in a household um, having to go onto a diet, it always fails because yes. you can't cook for two different families. And if you like some of these northern suburb families where uh, you have to cook four different uh -oh. meals mm, because no, everyone is too fussy to eat what you put in front of them. You actually just feed them dog pellets. Yeah, you're causing yourself problems by doing that. But what I'd like to invite anyone listening to ask themselves is what, what stories are you telling yourself that's keeping you back from living your best life? Yeah. What is that story? Yeah. And how do you change that story? Because you can always change a story. It's so easy to just put your head into the hole and not and say it's not possible. It's not possible. It's a nonsense story we tell ourselves to keep ourselves yeah. trapped. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So we need to talk about the medication yes. because I think… It's a hot topic. This is, it's trending everywhere. <laughs> okay. But before we go to the medication… <laughs> <laughs> The, the name out there is semi-glutide, liraglutide, or the trade names, etc. Mm -hmm. But it's made up of a certain peptide. Am I right? Yes. GLP-1. Glucagon-like peptide. Okay. And that is naturally available in your body. Yes, absolutely. Okay. It forms part of your Incretin-based energy metabolism system. How do you increase your natural GLP-1 secretion? Okay, but before we go there, <laughs> let's just take a look at the role of GLP-1. What does it do? Because if we understand what it is, what it does... Now we can figure out what we can do about it. So, mm -hmm. Nikki? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I'm in the hot seat. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> look, these things have been around for, for decades. I mean, these, especially your GLP-1 in, um, antagonists, agonists have agonists, been, agonists, yeah. not antagonists, has, I mean, this is not new. They've, no, it's, it's been around since um, probably the… 10, 12 years ago. Even longer? Longer, because okay. we had the oral ones, um, the dapaglucide, uh, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. which was old uh, oral diabetic medication. Yes. They've been around since the 2000s. Yeah, and they are specifically so prescribed for diabetics. For diabetics. Right. These medications were developed for diabetics. Yeah. And what they do is they control glucose expression. So you're going to eat and it's going to moderate the amount of insulin that's expressed to take that glucose and deposit it either in the liver or the brain or in a fat cell. So it slow or controls that process. What it really does as well is it slows down the rate of digestion. And that's, I think, one of the biggest side effects that people notice is they can't eat as much. They don't, you don't, don't get hungry. You still get hungry, but you lose your taste for sweet things. Uh, you can't possibly eat as much as you would before because your stomach literally empties slower, which does lead to constipation in some people. Um, and 
Yeah, I mean, that's really the mechanism of action. It, it moderates glucose expression and it slows digestion. And when it does that, it also uh, moderates our leptin level. So we, we get the signal in our brain to stop eating that we yeah. fall. Yeah, that, that works on the satiety. So mm-hmm. if I can add mm-hmm. to what you've said, um, moderate glucose. Mm-hmm. So it's got an action on glucagon. Mm-hmm. Um, glucagon is responsible for producing glucose, am I right? Mm-hmm. No, the f- glucose comes from food. Glucagon helps control that transport of the glucose to into the, the cell. Yes. And, you know, what? Yeah. if you release glucagon, you're going to release um, uh, glucose out of the liver again when you need it. Yes, that's right. So it controls the mm-hmm. energy metabolism. So it decreases glucagon. Okay. How in, does that affect in, insulin secretion? Though? It lowers insulin secretion. Okay. So, you know what? There, if we explain, remember, glucose fuel in the blood needs to get into the cell. Mm-hmm. To do that, it needs to be transported. So think of insulin as the transport vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay? I always use the analogy, the best way to, to move things is to put it on a ship on on a railway line Mm. if you have to move that same quantity with trucks you get damage to the road surface Mm. the inflammation Mm -hmm. part Mm -hmm. and you get hold up of traffic Mm. and you know what now it doesn't work properly so everyone is upset and your glucose insulin metabolism works exactly the same okay it decreases HbA1c. Now, it's something that we measure. Glucose binds to HbA1c, and it's something that all diabetics will know. We, we use it to monitor diabetics. It's a protein. So it decreases that, which means it shows that we have gl- better glucose metabolism. Mm-hmm. And then, as Nikki said, it slows the emptying of the stomach, so the stomach stays fuller for longer, distended for longer. And that has got a role to play on your incretin-based hormones. The one specifically we're thinking of is ghrelin. And I'll explain that just now. And then it increases the satiety. So it stimulates the brain to the center in the brain that's responsible for I'm feeling full. And that's one of the other incretin-based hormones Leptin. That's your gut we'll, brain we'll, we'll chat to them now. And then it decreases <coughs> free fatty acids. So it works on your cholesterol levels. Your triglycerides. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one is decreased body weight. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you optimize your energy metabolism. Mm-hmm. So let's quickly take a look at the incretin-based hormone systems. This is leptin. And ghrelin. Now, leptin we've known about for a long time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And ghrelin is something that's a little bit newer. We we weren't overly familiar with ghrelin. Thoroughly, yeah. Okay. Mm. So, simple. You have two hormones. The one that stimulates hunger, and that's ghrelin. Mm -hmm. And the other one that stimulates the brain to say, Enough, you are full, and that's leptin. Now, ghrelin is released by the gut, Mm -hmm. the cells in the gut. In other words, the stomach and and, and the small intestine. So when it's full, it stops. So it suppresses it. Mm -hmm. So now we can see how your GLPs, by slowing emptying of the gut, suppresses the release of ghrelin. So you do not get the message, Mm. you're hungry. Mm -hmm. And then leptin is released by your fat cells. Mm -hmm. And if you have good energy metabolism, your fat cells are functioning. It keeps on signaling the brain, you had enough to eat. So GLP works on a very finely tuned balance between I'm hungry, stop eating through these 
two hormones. And it's often the leptin that's the biggest problem, yeah. that we are no longer sensitive to leptin. Mm. Why? Because our fat cells are not working as they should. Does that make sense? Yeah. So fat cells are form a part of your endocrine system. Absolutely. It and controls energy metabolism. Right. Right. So does that... It doesn't does it, answer my question. Okay, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about our own GLP-1 in, in our bodies. Where so it's is secre- it? it? It's secreted by And how do you stimulate it to eat better? It's a long way around to do that. Isn't and it's it a just much harder protein way. intake? Yes, Because we very are much. telling people to eat protein. Yes. So when you are... Doubling your protein and halving your carbs, you are getting your body to increase its own GLP-1. Okay, thank yeah. you. That's the answer I was waiting for. You're creating for. satiety yeah. just through the mechanism of eating protein, which in itself creates satiety. It's, you can't digest it as fast as you would, say, a piece of chocolate. Yes. You know, it takes longer so, to digest. Stomach empties slower. You feel full quicker. No one ever binged on a, t- like a, a piece of steak. You yeah. can't like, <laughs> just keep eating that. So naturally that you, you know when to stop. Mm. Your, your body says no. So, okay. um, Nikki, mm. on that, how do we manage that craving for sweet after a high-protein meal? Okay, so we've got to think back 12 hours. And that sounds like, what? Did you sleep well? If you didn't sleep enough, if you didn't get eight hours of sleep, and I'm telling you it's eight hours, it's not seven and a half, it's eight hours of sleep, if you see this over and over again, um, you're going to be tired and your body's going to be looking for quick glucose to stay awake. Your brain is going to say, if I need to get through this day, I need some quick sugar. This is how I'm, I'm lacking glucose. The brain's lacking glucose. If you're really, really stressed, what's going to happen is you're going to increase cortisol. It's going to trigger the liver to drip glucose into the blood. Now we're looking for sugar again because your body is looking for, um, for sweet things. So what are the two drivers of emotional eating? Not getting enough sleep and stress and very often and also not eating enough during the day. So, you know, if you're not eating, depends on what kind of program you're following. And I really am not a fan of extreme intermittent fasting. But if you haven't eaten, say at about mid-morning, by the time you get to dinner and you're eating your lunch or your dinner, uh, you are going to be craving something sweet after dinner if you didn't eat mm. earlier on in the day. I, I always understood it mm. that I know um, myself as if, you, yes. if you eat a high-protein meal, mm. to digest this protein, you need energy, energy. in the gut. And you know, like, that will trigger that craving for something sweet. And, and yes. when I get that, yes. I have a spoon of peanut butter. That's perfect. But what I'd also say is you're going to have a high-protein meal, but don't leave out the carbs. Everyone's so fearful of carbs. If you leave out the carbs at night, and I'm not talking about a lot, just a little bit, that will be enough to just take the edge off. What carb? Rice? Whole food, no. Rice is pure glucose. So rice is one of those really dangerous things to eat on a a regular basis. I mean, maybe brown rice, I think it's negligible, but things like a sweet potato, vegetable carbs. Um, Potatoes? Yes, potatoes are fine. Not a whole lot. So, half so I can have my mash nice with butter. Absolutely. <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> and then you won't want the chocolates. And that's damage control. There's, okay. there's you know, it's, it's slower digesting. It's going to be less. You got, if you had a, a measure your glucose after dinner and you had your mashed potatoes with your steak and your butter and you, your glucose wouldn't, it wouldn't actually do anything. It will have a moderate little bump and it'll go back to normal. But if you had, if you left out those potatoes, just had your steak. With salad. With salad. I need something. Sweet had a glass of wine with that and then had your chocolate after dinner, you'd see a massive glucose response to that. It's just too much concentrated sugar. So the mistake people make is, I can't eat carbs. I'm not going to eat bread or pasta or potatoes. But then you crave the chocolate after dinner and you crave the wine because on some level your body's still looking for glycogen. You still need glycogen. You can't leave it out. You know, a little bit of low sugar fruit, not a problem. If that so which are the low sugar fruits? This berries. is your berries. Berries and all cherries. Your berries. All the berries. Cherries and green apples. Those are your and lowest uh, sugar. Kiwi? Yeah, kiwi is also okay. okay. Pineapple, less To an extent, but pineapple so. is really good for digestion. And mm. watermelon? No, pure sugar. Sorry. It's lovely. I know. <laughs> um, okay. So let's get back to the medications. Mm. They're not new. We no. said they've been around for a long time. Different classes. I think the first ones that came out were for those guys who partied in the 90s, it was pure speed, yep. ephedrine. Yep. So 
We found them over the counter. I remember that headache um, you get from them all the time. You you <laughs> had pure ephedrine uh-huh. crystals mm-hmm. in a brown bottle mm. on the bottom shelf. OTC. Why does that not sound healthy? It is so it, bad for you. <laughs> it's not. It and, and sure. you know what? If you were a rave bunny. You knew exactly where our shelf sure. was. I, I was before that time and you after that time. <laughs> so, um, because ephedrine is a stimulant, it literally makes you, it's like taking sure. coffee and Red Bull mm. on steroids. Mm. And you cut them with aspirin or disparin and mm. <laughs> it was terrible. No. You feel paranoid okay. the whole night. And <laughs> then came the, the fentamines. This is your old duramines and... Mm. Obex and Obersan X. I think they had... And Slims and Thins, all of that? Um, Those were ephedrines. Pseudo Oh, okay. And you know what? Besides the fact that your hair stood on end, hmm. you, you were jittery. <laughs> well, why do you think we took it? <laughs> um, I never took it for raving. I took it to just try and lose weight. Mm. So it's <laughs> not a good feeling. It mm-hmm. made me nauseous. Yeah. Um, so... You know what? They they worked to an extent, but they really weren't healthy. Um, and the duramines today they're still available, mm-hmm. but I think there's newer combination drugs mm. that are are available mm. specifically for weight loss. So we we spoke about the GLP, the incretin um, based. Um, medications. Now, I'm going to name them. Um, you know what? You have currently on the market in South Africa um, the ones that are specific for diabetics. And please, people, you need to understand these names are registered for diabetic use only. And that is Trulicity and Ozempic as well as Victoza. Now, Trulicity, I can't uh, remember what the active ingredient okay. is. Um, Ozempic is semaglutide mm-hmm. and liraglutide is Victoza. And as we said, these medications were formulated for glucose control in diabetics and it have benefits or it had benefits during the clinical trials. And because of the benefit that it had on cardiovascular health, lowering of cholesterol, duloglucate, um, okay. And um, um, ultimately on weight, they registered the same molecule under a different name and the only weight loss one in South Africa is um, Victor's, uh, Sixendo, Sixendo mm-hmm. for weight loss. But still, these are diabetic medications. They can only be given under a prescription. Mm-hmm. So if you can buy it on the market anywhere without a prescription, just go and read the articles about the people that had gastroparesis mm-hmm. Um, and there were even a couple of deaths associated with these medications in Australia because they use counterfeit knockoff medication. Oh, how dangerous. So, um, oh. And I just want to put it out to you guys. Uh, please take a look. Ozempic is made by Novo Nordisk. If it doesn't say Novo Nordisk on the box, <laughs> it's not Ozempic. You're getting some kind of knockoff semaglutide. They come with side effects. Um, And uh, Nikki, do you want to run uh, with the side effects? Sure. It's important to remember that everyone responds to everything differently, whether it's a medication or a supplement, even a diet. We're not all the same. Um, And people have a range of different side effects, especially if you're taking them and you're not diabetic. So, you know, if your dosage is too high, people have hypoglycemia, the very low blood sugar, feel nausea, can't get out of bed, body weakness, uh, cannot eat, um, fatigue. So the the constipation constipation is hectic. So we're seeing a lot of really not nice side effects. And 
seeing less side effects where they're used appropriately with diabetics and the, where the dose is appropriate. Yes, but where absolutely. you get your hands on it and you don't know what you're doing and you're going big, it can be very dangerous and very scary I, and very I, unpleasant. I always say, just ask any guy what it feels like to go balls to the wall. <laughs> um, you know, if you run into the wall with your balls, it's sore. <laughs> if you slowly start... Yeah. Creating pressure, it's tolerable. This is a medication. It is dangerous. Like anything, if you don't use it properly, and not with, if you're not using it under medical supervision, you're asking for trouble. And you know, but this interaction with other medications, yeah. Cecilis, we've seen some nasty ones in in our practice. Patients that come and you know what they complain about the side effects. I mean, it's not actually the medication; it's the other stuff that they on sure. mm-hmm. um, that creates an interaction. Um, contraindications to this class of medications, your GLPs, is uh, thyroid cancer or a history of thyroid cancer mm-hmm. and then a history of pancreatitis. Mm-hmm. Now, it can also have other side effects um, in very rare cases. And, you know, it, it's, it's very uncommon that it creates paralysis of the gut, um, there's been a few that's been reported, but it, it's really very rare. A, a very rare mm. condition. Millions of people are using it, and I think there was um, less than four or five. And the incidence of, of gallstones? No, because it's actually not that I know of, Elise, but if we think about the action of GLP, mm-hmm. it also lowers cholesterol levels, which is going to be favorable for your um, gallstones because we know gallstones come from high levels of thick Mm. cholesterol. So Mm. I think if a patient is using this uh, according to his prescription, um, taking in a lot of water, eating healthy, I don't think there's a high risk of cholecystitis uh, or cholangitis. With that, so I think the biggest risk factor with this is muscle loss. So you know, absolutely, I do agree with you, and I'm the I'm the person who saw that twice. Yeah, yeah, and because you know, many people get this from their GP. They don't go along and understand how to eat in conjunction with this kind of treatment, uh, because ultimately. You know, for diabetics, they say this is something you're going to have to be on for life. Maybe, maybe not. I don't really understand that. Um, but I can assume that somebody wanting to go on this kind of treatment, maybe they're insulin resistant, but they don't want to be on medication for life. There is a way of doing that. And the only way you can get this right is by changing your eating habits in conjunction with using a treatment. Yeah, I, I in my practice, what I do for patients who want to go on weight loss, who are not diabetics, mm-hmm. I tell them, okay, what do you do when you break your leg? You put it in a splint and then we give you a pair of crutches and you know what, then eventually as the bone heals, you can throw the crutches away, you're going to walk in your moon boot and eventually we'll take the moon boot away, we'll give you some occupational therapy and six months later you'll be up and running again. Mm-hmm. But it's a process. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the incretin-based medications, the semaglutides, the um, liraglutides, the tyrazeptides, all of those kind of stuff, you need to understand that this is a crutch mm-hmm. for you to change your lifestyle. Mm. Uh, get into uh, a decent eating program, an exercise program, because often we fail um, as it's overwhelming. We can't see the results and eventually it's just, oh, come on, fuck off. I'm, I, I had enough. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm doing everything that I should and I'm not seeing the yeah. results. Sure. Um, and, and those are the patients that could really benefit from us if they then put in the work. Yeah. I always, you know, I refer quite a lot of people your side because I get people coming in and I need to see them doing the work. I need to see them really losing the body fat, getting to the gym, going to bed earlier, doing all the work. And then when the fat loss slows down, as it invariably does at some point along the journey, that's, and we, we're battling, but they're still trying. That's when like, okay, now you deserve a little bit of help. 
This is where something like this might just get you over the edge, keep you going, keep your mind in the game, and we can get you down another 10 kilos. And I'm talking about severely obese people as well, who obviously are diabetic because when you're 50 kilos overweight, there's no way you're not going to have some mm. kind of blood sugar issue. Mm. So, and this is where I see it working really, really well. It's just that little bit of help that people need to just get over the next hurdle yeah. because they've been battling all their lives. They're coming up against huge psychological and environmental odds and meta metabolic odds. And it's really useful in that context yeah. where you've got somebody who's got five kilos to lose because they want to lose, they want to look good on, on the beach. On, on the beach. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You still got to do the work mm. and that's going to knock off your five kilos anyway. Yeah. yeah. Because if you don't, you know, but the medication is going to get you to lose that five kilos because mm. you're not going to eat. Mm. And after the holiday, when <laughs> you start eating put it back. and start drinking, you're going to put on seven. Mm -hmm. We've seen that. Oh, every time. There's, there's one more medication that I want to talk about. It's a combination medication. It works a little bit differently. It's bupropion plus, plus naltrexone. Now, bupropion and naltrexone actually works on dopamine. Ah, I love in the that. brain works um, really well, and yeah. you know what? Um, the trade name—it's available here in South Africa. It's called Contrave, and mm -hmm. it's um, stopping the craving. Therefore, the dopamine—the dopamine side of the combination. Bupropion was also on its own. Um, you know, but they they used Long it like Champix and those kind of mm. stuff for uh, mostly addiction. Uh, addiction, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's basically it works on food addiction. Mm. Mm. That's um, dopamine driven. Some very mm. difficult side effects to overcome, mm. Um, mm. but for patients with um, that food addiction, let's call it food a food addiction, addiction mm. uh, or sugar addiction, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, mm. It is an option that. That we can. I also want to touch on patients that are taking, for instance, altroxin and as well as glucophage for weight loss. You want to venture into that? So it's a thing know, that happened. Yeah, mm, we saw always. patients yeah. like that mm. in our practice at very high These doses. As well. Sure. Um, Scary. So let's just take a look at what they do. Uh, metformin with glucophage, the trade name glucophage. Mm. Metformin is something that is been, has been on the market for many, many years. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it's probably the cornerstone of treatment for type 2 diabetes. Um, and it works on sensitizing uh, the body to insulin and therefore lowering, lowering insulin levels. Um, Basically, it helps control blood sugar levels. Mm -hmm. Okay. The nice thing about metformin is it's one of the few anti-diabetic medications that will not cause um, overt hypoglycemia mm -hmm. because it sensitizes your body to insulin. So if you have low glucose, you're not going to secrete it. So um, it's a safe drug mm. that we used for, again, for type 2 diabetics. Um, through managing the insulin levels and for glucose, there's a, a, I don't want to call it negligible, but, you know, some weight loss. Is it good enough for you to go and lose 10 kilograms? No, it can help if you have compromised uh, glucose metabolism. And again, you start eating correctly, lowering the carbohydrates, et cetera, et cetera. Altroxin, on the other hand, works on your thyroid metabolism. Now, glucose needs to move out of the blood into the cell where it's burned for energy, ATP. And that's where your thyroid hormone plays a role. It regulates those furnaces. And by warming them up, I can speed up the glucose energy metabolism almost if you want to call you it that way optimizing that optimizing part, it. yeah but in high doses i cause a hyperthyroidism yeah. and that's got side effects increased blood pressure uh, anxiety mm. uh, it has an effect on eyesight it uh, mm. Cause tremors, it causes palpitations. Uh, so, terrible. You know what? It's mm. it's something that you have to be very careful with. Mm. Okay, um, 
That brings us to the end of a series. We have five minutes. We need to wrap up. Mm. What I do want to say is that if you think you can just eat anything and take an injectable or a drug and think you're going to lose weight and keep it off and be healthy, you're very misinformed. There is, it's got to, these things have got to be used responsibly. You've still got to take responsible, responsibility for what you're eating. Health should always be first and foremost um, of what you're aiming for and weight losses or, or weight, should I say, optimization is always a side effect of doing it well. You're always going to lose weight and come down to a healthy weight if you prioritize your health first. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's not a quick fix. You will probably see quick results, but they won't be sustainable if you don't do it with your brain switched on. That's the problem. It's, mm. you know what, doing this in a sustainable way because otherwise you look like Oprah used to yes. do. Uh, we, you <laughs> know used what, to come up with like, this is how much weight I've lost, like 23 kilos of meat. And then like six months later, she's gained she's it back all, all back. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I think when we look at weight management, there's a couple of things that we need to know. Weight gain and obesity is uh, a pandemic. The um, numbers are shocking. South Africa has um, a 31% obesity rate when it comes to males and 65% of South African females are overweight and obese. Wow. When we look at Children under the age of 19, 20% of our children are obese mm. and our lifestyle plays a role. We are no longer eating the same types of food. Our foods are fortified with sugar, salt and fat. Our lifestyle has become sedentary both in work and play. Mm. And this has got um, out of hand and we're seeing it in our weight. And it leads to high blood pressure, diabetes. But the more serious ones is it leads to cancer, people. Mm -hmm. So um, if you do not want to have cancer, especially the bad ones, colorectal cancer and pancreatic cancer, you need to manage your weight. It's um, a holistic approach. Yeah. It's diet. It's exercise. It's stress journey. management it's, a journey. it's proper mm. sleep and then lastly it's maybe medication the medication is safe if prescribed correctly it's a chronic disease and therefore it should be treated as such the medication can be there for chronic use um, there's a pitfall if you use it incorrectly, you're going to have bad side effects. You are not going to lose the weight effectively and sustainably. And you know what? You're going to spend a lot of money. These, these medications are expensive and you're going to literally throw it down your throat because you're going to gain the weight if you don't do this properly. Mm -hmm. Nikki, um, people need help. Mm -hmm. They need proper nutritional guidance. We know that your Thrive book is available. How do patients contact you if they want any information or maybe want to have a consultation? So best way is to go to the website, which is reinventhealth.co.za. So it's re-invent. No, health. just all one word. It's one word. Let me quickly Reinvent find. health. We'll post it. Um, we'll post a link on the T-Clinic website as well as on the T-Clinic social medias. Uh, we work yeah. very closely with Nikki. Um, please go and take a look at the Thrive book. Um, we give it to all our weight loss patients. Why? Because it's full of delicious stuff that you can eat. Um, it's never boring. And I, I promise you, it's delicious. From desserts to starters to mains and snacks. It's, it's all real it's, food. It's amazing. Mm. And then if you are battling with weight loss, know that we need to treat the underlying metabolic conditions. First, we need to give you the psychological support. And for that, you can contact us at the T-Clinic on 010-824-1393 or visit us on our website, www.theteclinic.com.
Until next week when, when we, we talk aesthetics. Thank yes, you, sister. <laughs> okay, I've remembered. Last week I forgot you. Until you walked out. I couldn't remember what we oh were talking goodness. about. So next week we'll be back with um, uh, our last aesthetic program for the year. Um, and we're going to look at what we can still do for that just a little bit sexier beach look. Love it. So until next time, we wish you all the best in health. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.